All right, let's go to the next least exciting. I don't know. Watch OS. L- least exciting. Listen, listen. We have TVOS. Andrew. We have iOS, macOS, watchOS, no, 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 and no, no, iPad no, no. Back OS. Back up, back up, back up. No, 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 no. WatchOS is more exciting than iOS 14. So you're going to say watchOS is, if it's more exciting than iOS 14, then I'm going to assume you're saying watchOS is the most exciting period. To me. To you, right. But so, I'm the one giving the list. So you're right. You're right. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. I just think you're wrong. I think your list is wrong. <laughs> Listen, as, as somebody who has very publicly talked about my suffering with anxiety and insomnia, uh, the rumors of watchOS and John chime in here, uh, somehow measuring anxiety and do some sleep tracking. Like I'm in for Dude, it. I got I got goosebumps. I know so many things. Did you say measuring anxiety? Okay, listen, Andrew. Okay, so hang on, let me think about how I'm gonna phrase this. <laughs> uh should I say okay, exclusive. Uh here's an exclusive. Here goes. Welcome to Geared Up, brought to you by National Car Rental. I'm Andrew Edwards. I am John Rentinger. And, and the other as, John. <laughs> look at this guy. Three times in a row. I'm going to finish the intro. <laughs> Geared Up is your weekly look at the world of consumer electronics and gadgets. For the third week in a row, our guest chimed in before they were supposed to. Um, I believe we now call that pulling in Adam Dowd. So <laughs> we had Adam Dowd, who, who, who did it first, Michael Fisher last week. And now this week, we've got our special guest, um, maybe the most special guest that we've had in the show's Aww. history. You bet your sweet John, butt. John Prosser. Hey, thanks, ladies yeah, and gentlemen. Welcome. John Prosser. Thank you, everybody. Hey, uh, in my defense, Andrew, you didn't tell mm. me when or when not to come in. Nor did I tell Michael Fisher or Adam Dowd. So maybe yeah. it's on it's, you. It's become a thing now. This it's is on, just yeah. What this we is do. this is your fault. Mm-hmm. And I, I would like to point out that for everybody listening, uh, it's a small miracle you're actually hearing this right now uh, <laughs> come together. And a small miracle, not that you're hearing myself, uh, John Rettinger, and our special guest, John Prosser, but a miracle you're hearing our veteran uh, host, Andrew, Andrew Edwards. I got I'm just going to embarrass Andrew here for a minute here. We spent a good about 11 minutes trying to figure <laughs> out, and I quote, stopwatch? Why, why the microphone wasn't working. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, we oh. just be thankful. Be thankful to uh, tech support that we're able to to get this to get this work. Listen, sometimes when you're used to doing things a certain way, if someone presents you an easier way, you're still looking for like the challenge of this is too easy. So it, it, this obviously <laughs> is wrong, and that's what happened today. John Prosser was like, "Hey, here's a way easier way to do a recording." I was like, uh, "Okay, what's the catch? I don't believe you." <laughs> and um, proceeded to make things more difficult for myself rather than just, just trusting, yeah. um, <laughs> which will be a subject of the show. People not trusting John Prosser and what he says, Trust and then the he system. turns out to be right anyway. Uh, Rettinger and I had a had a fine time connecting, though, and the host yeah, was very, dealing with the issue. Very easy. Yes. So speaking, <laughs> speaking of uh, John Rettinger and John Prosser, you guys... Are no strangers to each other. Is that correct? Correct. True. True. True story. You got. You guys have a uh, an interesting way of how you how you met and became <laughs> friends, don't you? Andrew, why so, you do this to us? <laughs> so, so uh, John, let me just say, Andrew asked me what topics you want to talk about. I was like, don't give John a heads up. Ask him how we met. <laughs> <laughs> I was You're like, the worst. that's it. 
<laughs> so I, I do want to give a caveat before the story unfolds. Uh, John and I have since become very good friends. John thoughtfully reached out to me when this whole pandemic hit to see how my family was doing. He and I have had many conversations offline. Uh, we came together through a bit of adversity. And I think that's a good story of the YouTube community, right? There's some I need Prosser to hear. I need to There's hear Prosser's version of They this. get talked through and then everybody becomes friends again. So you need, so you want my side? Yes. Okay. Well, what happened was, <laughs> okay, so this is, for, just a reminder, this is from my end, from my perspective. Um, so I had, I'd been watching Techno Buffalo forever, for years and years and years. And so, of course, I already knew John Rettinger, not personally, but knew of him, watched him all the time. And so if you don't follow me online, I, I have a tech news show called Front Page Tech, which we've done for, well, too long at this point. And John Rettinger had started a brand new show tech, under Techno Buffalo called was it the Lowdown? Lowdown, yeah. But it was spelled Lowdown. The vowelless Lowdown. No vowels. Um. So they started a new tech news show, and uh, like a couple weeks into that show being launched, people started sending me screenshots of that show. Playing before my show, like before when someone clicked on a front page tech episode, they literally watched the lowdown as an ad. Yes, and so from from our angle, and after a couple of weeks of getting the same screenshot, it began to look like John Rettinger, John Rettinger, <laughs> John Rettinger, <laughs> or at least somebody in Techno Buffalo had been. Paying and targeting ads on Front Page Tech, our show, with their show, The Lowdown. And uh, I think, so I may have mentioned it on Twitter, but I definitely mentioned it on Front Page Tech, where I took a couple shots at The Lowdown. And then Rettinger contacted me on Twitter, or like had tweeted me, and then we went back and forth a little bit. Ended up in a DM, and then he was like, hey, you want to just talk on the phone? So we called each other, talked on the phone, and he was not happy. <laughs> he was not <laughs> He was not a fan. Um, Fair? Yeah, he was not happy. But it, it basically came down to, like, he just wanted to clear the air in, in terms of, like, he wasn't actually paying and buying for ad space in front of Front Page Tech specifically, that they had been, I guess, getting ad space but weren't targeting, like, our show or anything like that. And it was just... Uh, really, the I let the audience sort of shift the narrative there because for weeks I listened to them and they were like, "Look, he's paying for ads in front of this." And after so long, I took a couple shots, which is usually how it goes. And then the the bigger person, the more adult in the situation, uh, reaches out to me and goes, "Hey, that's not how it works." And then now we're friends. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean that, that's a pretty accurate um, summation of the story. Um, so. We launched the show, The Lowdown. This is when Techno Buffalo, for those of you who don't know, I sold Techno Buffalo uh, about a year ago. But a for year $8 billion. That, dollars. But a year before that, like I was running the website, doing videos, and like I was just like a beatdown mess. Um, it was like a beatdown mess of a person. I think that... I remember this. Right when, right when all this happened, it was when the Can You Trust video came out. Oh, God. Um, from Jason Lewis, which I had a lot of issue with. Which I had a lot of issue Which I had a lot of issue with, and... Jason, I've also cleared the air, and I think he removed that video after we spoke. But this is like a back-to-back thing. 
yes. and I wasn't the host of the lowdown. It was uh, the Robert. great Robert Rosenfeld. Robert Rosenfeld. And it was, uh, it was a new show, and I bought Google Ads to promote the new show. It's, a, it's what Google does, and they were pushing it uh, in front of French Pain Check Evidently. So I think what I said to John was like, essentially, like, hey, just ask me. I think I offered to even show you my Google Ads like portal just to yeah. be like, hey, like, look, you can see nothing was. And then to John's credit, he was like, yeah, okay. Uh, I probably acted a little irrationally or maybe yeah. too quickly to judgment. A little um, childishly. Yeah, and I think that was a point when me being unhappy was like, hey, man, just ask me first. I have a habit um, of that. <laughs> yeah. uh, but since then, we've become, uh, I think, pretty close friends. And uh, I think it was sort of built on a platform of like, hey, like we're both passionate about what we do. And that disagreement came from passion. People might not know this about John. Maybe they just heard about him Uh-oh. you know, recently. But you've been at this game for a long time. <laughs> yeah, you know, quite you, a bit. You're not just like a, fl- a fly-by-night Right, you know, kind of guy who came in with some some rumors. So, if, well, if you listen, if correct. you listen to Reddit, I'm I'm blowing my load now and trying to just get my 15 minutes of fame, and then I'm out. <laughs> then I'm leaving. When everyone um, figures out, I've been making this all up. So anyway, so I let, thought it was a fun story. To, I thought it was a fun story to share on uh, on the podcast because I don't think we've talked about that since. I don't think I don't we, we ever even talked it about it publicly, publicly, right? Yeah. yeah, I don't think we ever did either. We we just kind of hey, I enjoy okay, the drama. Like, we're we're cool now. I'm glad you um, do, Andrew. Andrew, dude, we have a similar story. It must be me. Yes. I must be. Yeah, it must be me here because Andrew and I had a similar story where I think it was like two, two, three years ago when we actually like longer. made up, I guess. Yes. Andrew yes. and I go way back. Um, But there was like there was literally a misunderstanding from like five or six, seven years ago. I don't even remember at this point. And. Neither of us actually like reached out to clear it up, so we just kind of sat on it for six years, basically. But same same kind of deal though, where it was basically your fault, and <laughs> <laughs> you came to me eventually, like, "Hey, I heard there were some issues," and I was like, "Yeah, I'll just tell you what's up." And yeah. you were like, "You know what? I was in a bad time at that place. Um, things were crazy for me. I apologize." You were like, let me make it right. I was like, don't make it right. I accept your apology right now, and we're good. And that was like six. That was a long time ago. It was a very long time ago. It was probably seven years ago. That's a long time. So so this is your reputation in the in the tech game. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think the reputation to take away is that, like, things can be worked through, right? Like, a lot of people, you have beef. That's and true. get squashed. Nobody ever talks about it. So yes. I respect anybody who can sort of have a conversation, right, about issues and work through it because everybody's everybody does stupid stuff. i've done it plenty of stuff absolutely like, oh, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't have done that um and so i think it takes a big person and big people to have discussions about it and work through it so no grudge holding that's my fun etc so to back up just a tiny bit um now that we've gone through those stories uh john prosser let people know just give us a quick rundown who you are what you do um why you're on this show today etc Andrew asked me to be on last Thursday. Yes. <laughs> and that's Which... how I'm on. That's the backstory. Um, I have a <clears throat> I have a tech news show called Front Page Tech. Uh, I've been doing it for, I think, eight years now, almost. No one was watching for the first six, seven. I don't know. Long time people weren't watching. And they just started watching kind of fairly recently in the last few years. Um, just a tech news show that focuses on making people laugh. That has somehow transitioned into actual journalism, I guess, <laughs> because yes. now uh, it's still the same priority for the show. Just make people laugh, but it's blended with 
actual information that you can't get anywhere else. Um, leaked a few Samsung stuff, Pixel stuff, uh, but because of the the feeling I got from leaking Google stuff or leaking uh, Samsung stuff, I like the feeling of being able to ha- use my platform to give. It's it's become sort of a meme on the show now, but give people tomorrow's news today. Uh, I really like that feeling, and especially when uh, you're given great information from great sources, so I made myself more accessible. And as soon as I did that, for some reason, uh, the the people that came to me were employees with Apple uh, from all different levels of the company and just really, really great people, really great sources. And because of that, I've been it's been an honor to be able to share some information early uh, for as long as I can. Who knows how long I'm going to be able to do it. But right now, uh, it's Apple Leaks every day. That's what I've been doing. Like almost every day, like early in the morning, I'll leak something. Um, it's 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 crazy because I've been doing this for a long time, just covering tech news. And uh, I don't think I've seen leaks come at this volume. And not even just for me, but like there's a lot of Apple leaks going around right now. Uh, it might just be the time that we're in because employees are home instead of at work where things are more secure. Uh, but it, I'm having fun right now. I'm going to do it as long as I can. So let me ask you this question because I feel like you, I want you to correct me if I'm wrong. Go ahead. But it feels like you've had, I would say, three major points um, in the history of Front Page Tech where you've got a substantial amount of new attention. Yeah. All three of which, um, and I'll name I'll name them in a moment, are Apple related. And I would say the first one was where you started calling out Apple for, uh, for <laughs> lack of a better term, for lack of innovation. Yeah. You switched over to Android. You had a problem with it. was a, It was basically around the iPhone 10 release. Right. And then the following year <laughs> uh, with the 10s it was some the, of the things the, they did with that phone you're right there were three growth spurts the first one was iphone 10 the second one was pixel 3 i don't know if you remember that time mm. and I then this time yes. was like in the last month collectively we've gained seventy five thousand new followers it's been crazy with apple stuff. there was a there was a moment though when you switched back to apple so you were you were almost seen as for the every for the every man out there on youtube yeah this is one of our guys who defends us and our love of android <laughs> and then you, yeah. you turned on them and, yeah I turned um, on them right swiftly because yeah. you can only be one or the other <laughs> right right but he all of a sudden john went from and this is what I, this is one of the things i really i really like about front page tech and john prosper in particular number one the show is mostly for fun with there's it's there's like a tech sheen over it, but it's really just a fun show to watch. But he doesn't just like pick a position and then just hang on to it for dear life. So he picked a position with a iPhone 10. He didn't like it. Here was his reasons why. And then when he saw Apple addressed several things and Google started falling behind and Samsung yeah. started falling behind, he said, you know what? I'm switching now. And here's Not why. Not going down with the ship. And then people got mad at you. Anytime you make people mad, you get all the attention. I, that's fair, actually. Uh, I mean, it worked to get you as my friend, to get John Ranger as my friend, <laughs> to get the internet as my friend. That's it. <laughs> um, yeah. So, like, 
literally everything with front page tech it feels like it's happened overnight like the growth spurts usually happen overnight instead of a consistent growth over time yeah because you know front page tech for five or six years was getting maybe 300 views an episode and we were doing it every day still um and then randomly we made it's it was the title I knew the title would I knew the title was great. Our iPhone 10 video was called Apple Sucks Now and It's Your Fault. And uh it got near a million views. That was like the first video of that pretty much anyone had ever watched of me. Uh and overnight we went from like 300 views an episode to 10,000. And um that was enough to make me feel like not saying I was close to giving up, but I mean after making the same show for 5 or 6 years that no one's watching, yeah. You start to blame YouTube or the algorithm or even worse, like you get insecurities with yourself and you're like, should I even keep doing this? Mm-hmm. So then can, when that, can I, can I, can I stop you there and ask a follow-up question? I think a lot of people that are listening, maybe you're in the same boat. Maybe they've been at YouTube for a while or they want to get into YouTube and they're worried that nobody's going to watch. Right. Um, so what were you doing at the time? So front page text and going for a few years, are you mm-hmm. working a full-time job? So I had actually, uh, a lot of people don't know this about me, but my parents had both passed away. Uh, I think I was well, my mom passed away when I was 14. My stepdad committed suicide the year later. And then I it was me and my grandmother and it was me, and my grandmother and my little brother. And she had gotten cancer. And so I became power of attorney for her and like handled all the medical stuff for her. I was 19. And then. They said she had a couple weeks to live, and she asked me to take custody of my little brother. There were other people, like adults in the family, that could have probably done it. But she asked me, and I didn't want to disappoint her, so I said yes. So at 19, I took custody of my little brother, who was still going to school and stuff, and trying to, like, I wanted to find a balance in my life where, because the rest of my family was telling me it wasn't going to work to stop doing front page tech. Like, it was done to stop screwing around. It was done. It was time to get a real job because I had, I had responsibilities. And so I had I had front page tech and I, it was just I wanted a balance in my life where I refused to give that up because it felt like I had given a lot up in my life or sacrificed a lot to make sure like other people had help. Either I was taking care of my grandma and, mm-hmm. you know, the last months of her life or now, you know, I have custody of Chris, my brother. I didn't want to have to also sacrifice the thing that I really wanted. I didn't want to give up front page tech. So I found all sorts of ways to try to keep making that work. Um, and I, I, I worked with, uh, you guys remember Chris Perillo, right? Yes. Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, he's still alive. I don't yeah. him. He's, still, he's still around. <laughs> oh, rest in spaghetti. Never forget. He miss you, Chris. Um, <laughs> so uh, I worked with him for a long time. I edited his videos and uh, podcasts and stuff. I didn't and that, know that. You didn't know that? I did not know that. Yeah, every I edited every video of his, every podcast for like a year or so. Um, so it was like stuff like that to help me like keep front page tech going, but still pay for food. And uh, even you know, even when there were times where I remember a very specific point in my life where I didn't have anything, and Child Protective Services was constantly coming over because they just saw a nineteen-year-old kid that you know had was responsible for this other little kid and they just wanted to make sure he was fed and so they would always come over and like check the cupboards or check the fridge and all this other stuff and um there were so many times where 
I had to, you know, I had to make sure Chris was fed, my brother was fed, and I just ate like I think for a week straight, I ate out of a bar of peanut butter, a bar of peanut butter, a jar of peanut butter, <laughs> which sounds awful, but I mean, you, we've all tasted peanut butter; it's not the worst thing. And so, uh, it was just many times like that, many weeks like that of just doing everything I can to make sure my brother was fed, but also I didn't have to give up from page tech, and it was that for years. So it like. No matter how bad it looks or how bad it feels, if you want it, uh, I, I definitely you know don't give up on it. I would say that, especially, I'd say the number one thing that helped us create content, even when nobody was watching, was that we enjoyed the content even when no one was watching. I think people, I think people get too caught up in trying to make content that they think people want, and then they do that, and then no one watches, and that's what burns them out. But when you so you're saying you made content that you liked yes. making and watching. Yeah, when you know when when even when no one was watching, it was still fun to make. Um and we made that every day until enough people paid attention. Um but you can't I don't think you can make the same show for 5 years with no one watching unless you genuinely enjoy that show and want it to right. work. I think people get too caught up in like they want YouTube to work. They want YouTube to work, and so they try to make content that they think people want to watch, and they're just mm-hmm. guessing. And then no one watches, and you get tired because you don't actually you're not ha- having any fun. You don't love it. Um, and we just we knew that we had a good show, and we just wanted the show to work. Um, and so we kept making the show until enough people paid attention. You know that that iPhone video took off for us, and we were getting like ten thousand views an episode, which felt like that was it. It felt like life changing. We made it. I remember yeah. we had like 20,000 subscribers at the time. And I was just like, man, like if this video gets us to 40,000, that that's life-changing for me. And then it happened. We we made it to 40,000. It just felt incredible, felt amazing. Um and then the Pixel 3 stuff happened, which took us up to like 25,000 views an episode or something. It was it always happened in spurts like that. Uh the Pixel 3 stuff happened where uh, there was <laughs> The Google was like intentionally leaking Pixel 3 stuff and mm-hmm. we had caught on and a lot of the Pixel Ultra stuff came back up. I think it, I think Pixel Ultra started with uh, Aaron from what's his channel? Mr. Who's the Boss? Okay. I think it started ah, the year yes. before that. So it came back up again. It was really fun. There was a lot of drama and Google was feeding into the leaks. It, that was a really fun time in my career too. That that was the biggest growth we had had at that point. Um, but funny enough, so I left, I used iPhones for years and years and years, but I left it. I always like to say I never left the iPhone. I left iOS. It seemed when iOS 7 came out, it was just like, it was a mess. And I, I believe that for most consumers, you never see a feature that makes you switch. You're never like, oh, that looks really good on that commercial. I'm going to drop right. my Samsung device and go to the iPhone. People leave and change devices out of frustration. Um, at least the average consumers do. Of course, we don't, but we're outnumbered. And so that's what happened with me. I was frustrated with iOS, so I went to Android and was like, oh, there's this is a whole new world. And at that point, Android was so clean and like refined, so, so good. And uh, so I was like heavy into the Android boat. And then, funny enough, Google gave me a Pixel 3 after that whole dilemma. And the next day, I bought an iPhone. <laughs> Google literally <laughs> gave me a Pixel 3, and it was just like, I can't. I can't do this. Like, the 
I literally couldn't open settings without it crashing. And I was like, this is stock Android. This is it. And I was right. like, nope, I'm out. And so uh, I, I got an iPhone and haven't looked back since. Uh, I'm happy with it. And then this stuff happened with the, uh, with the Apple leaks, which has been absolutely insane. And I'm grateful for it uh, and just having fun with it. It's uh, it's fun to hear the story. And I think for a lot of people, they'll find something in that story. Any content creator, there's something in that story that's relatable, uh, whether it's it's a struggle or dealing with adversity. Uh, so I think it's always cool to see the success story. People generally only see, you know, people came to you, John, in the past couple of weeks or months. Yeah. Don't don't know what went into it. I feel uh, like yeah. it's that way for a lot of us. Like people see the last video yeah. we made and that's our history. That's everything they know mm-hmm. about us. Yeah. No, you're not. You're not wrong. What you just said was several years of building up to a point where things took off. So it's that whole saying of he became an overnight success over seven years. Yeah, right. Yeah. Or like or like people think I would make up Apple like for the first month or so of me leaking Apple stuff. Well, I think it's only been a month for the first couple of weeks. It was literally just he's making this up. Uh, and that was just like so insulting because people i mean obviously people didn't know that they've been doing this for years and they would just be so so stupid to make stuff up and ruin you know seven years or eight years of hard work reputation yeah. yes yeah. i um so i know i know andrew's got <clears throat> got an agenda but i have a funny story to tell uh in regards yeah. to that pixel three and I've, I've never told this anywhere oh um, interesting here we ever. go exclusive so as regards to google leaking the pixel three themselves um you guys remember that was a phone that Google essentially was like, hey, here's our Pixel 3. Like, here it is. We'll announce it in like a week or two. Yeah. Yep. We were actually behind the scenes working with Google for a parody video they were going to show. Really? During the, during the keynote. We still have it actually. Sent us oh, a box. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. So if you, if you remember, the Pixel 3 leaked from like a lot of like Russian sites. It was like on Russian blogs and Russian YouTubers. Mm-hmm. They sent us a, a box with shipping labels all in Russian. Um, what? and <laughs> all in Russian. And, uh, we actually ran through Google translate and it did say like my name and the address. Um, and we were supposed to what? film a video, which we did. That was like, well, now that the pixel three's leaked. Let's see what the pixel four has or something along those lines. Like what's up with the pixel four. And they were going to use a clip from funny enough, one of the lowdown videos that Robert Rosenfeld had done, mm-hmm. uh, talking about it. And then we we're going to sort of make a joke about all the leaks of the pixel going on. Um, and then the day before the event, we got an email from Google saying we're killing the idea. Um, like we're, we're done. So we still have this box that we've actually used in because of props, a couple of videos. Um, so Google was really heavily leaning into the leaks. I think more Man. than any other company that I've, I've ever seen. That's interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that. Is this um, the, okay. Is this the one that played at the keynote? So it, it never ended up playing it, but it was supposed to play at the keynote. Yeah. Okay. Like in, in the very beginning, I think. Because that's, that's what started the Pixel 3 drama with me was because they had reached out to like five different YouTubers and asked for clips discussing the leaks and stuff. And I'm the one that leaked that. Like instead of instead of signing the NDA and giving them a clip from Front Page Tech, I was like, I made an episode being like, Google contacted me about the Pixel 3 XL. <laughs> and that was like uh, one of the big videos. That's funny. Yeah, this is supposed to be at the end of all those clips of the YouTubers talking about the leaks of the Pixel 3. Yeah, it sounds like they went a little further with you. That's nuts. Yeah, it was was crazy. Um, So one of these days I'll share pictures of that box. I imagine my my disclosure on that has long since expired and since the Pixel 4 is halfway through through its life cycle. Um, Did they give you like a shipment of 
pixels from the black market? No, there was nothing in the box. <laughs> okay. It was oh, just like, hey, here, okay. here's 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 okay. like a box with like like Russian letters on it. Make okay. a joke like, let's take a look at the Pixel Four straight from Russia. I was gonna say, um, was is, was Google did it was it not in Russia? Was Google did they just put Russian writing no, every over everything yeah, and leak so the video? It was like, just like it was Russian writing. It was gonna meet the announcer of the Pixel Three with all these leaks, and then it was gonna be like, oh, well now let's talk about the Pixel Four, and then just cut and then gotcha. make a joke like, ha ha ha, okay. our stuff gets leaked early. Um, never knew that, and they never end up doing it for for obvious. Probably was bad PR reasons. But that was the fun uh, uh, a pixel pixel story there. How'd well. you keep that in for so long? You just now saying, yeah. That. Honestly, I I keep forgetting about it. And I did, <laughs> I make it sound like I'm trying to keep a big secret. Honestly, I forgot. Um, and then you talked about the Pixel Three leaking. I'm like, oh, I got a story about that. Yeah, there's certain devices that have a special place in my heart and in my history with Front Page Tech, and that's one of them. That's a big one. Yeah, I mean, you leaked the Pixel Four too, did you not? Uh, I leaked the Pixel 3a before, yeah. like six months before it came out. Um, and then renders of what allegedly will be the Pixel 5 came from came from you as well. Yeah, so there's three mm-hmm. there's three prototypes. It's funny how like the, someone showed me an Apple logo to leak stuff with Apple, and I'm just like greener pastures. See, ya. forgot all about the Pixel stuff. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's three prototypes for the Pixel 5. Well, there was at that time, and uh, I leaked one of them. Uh, for the sake the, of hopefully, uh, the, hopefully the ugliest of all the prototypes <laughs> you never know dude google surprised me every year yeah, so it's probably the one that, one that releases that pixel 4a for though of dude proper proper vernacular real quick for those listening what you're saying is technically john prosser you're not the one leaking it i'm a news reporter, is being yeah. leaked to you and then you're reporting on the leaks that your sources have given you correct it's hard to correct the entire internet with that because yeah i'm not i'm not the leaker technically the leakers are the people in the companies you know the sources there that are leaking information i'm just reporting the information you I, you said apple listens to this podcast i want to be clear i live in the u.s where freedom of the press is a thing and i would like to be considered <laughs> a reporter <laughs> not a leaker which is what you're doing. You're right. not you're not going and getting this stuff yourself. People right. are coming to you with information exclusively that they give to you that you then yeah. report um, on your platform. I feel like the difference with me is that like with other people that are that are leaking information that have been doing it for years, they either have sources that have stuck with them for years or their sources are used to giving the information out. And what I've learned a lot from the behind the scenes of how these leaks happen, it's usually a couple sources that work with multiple publications and everyone's aware of that. And they sort of take turns. Like they're like, okay, you get this leak today. You get this one with, with me. I just made myself more accessible and it's regular employees from all different levels of the company that just so happened to also be a fan of front page tech, which is cool because I get different information than a lot of people have in many, many years, but also the burden of protecting them sort of falls on me because they're not used to taking the proper steps. And I think that's actually a good point you just made, by the way, that a lot of people don't realize. A lot of people assume that, oh, it's a directive from the top of Apple. Tim Cook says, hey, we're going to leak stuff to the Wall Street Journal. It's actually people within the company taking it upon themselves to do this. Um, All different levels, like you mentioned, going to their different various uh, relationships at different outlets. Apple, if if they could have their way, none of this would happen. So this yeah. isn't something that they they Thank love. This is that. not something that's a directive from the top. Yeah, 
Yeah, lots of and, people for some reason right now are just. I mean, I feel like it's this way with with leaks all the time. But that's something I've been hearing a lot. Is like, uh, John, they they have total control over you. They're leaking stuff on purpose. Like they want this stuff out. No, 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 they don't. No company want unless you're Google. Apparently, <laughs> nobody <laughs> wants this stuff out. Uh, and I, I do want also people to realize the the risk that comes with being the person who's the voice for these leaks. Um, as yeah. somebody who who almost went bankrupt. Um, and almost lost my business because of leaks and protecting sources. Um, and I can tell that story either now or another time, but I was tell sued essentially. I was sued to reveal a source. Um, and you can look it up. It was uh, Techno Buffalo versus John Burns. Uh, it was my early days of Techno Buffalo, and I was sued to reveal a source, and I wouldn't do it. Um, I had to hire lawyers because it, it was a Chicago printing house. It was for the Joy uh-huh. Bionic that was coming out. Um, and I, I wouldn't do it. Um, was sued, lost the suit had to file a motion for reconsideration and then the judge reversed it uh, on that. But I mean, that, that Jeez. cost me seventy seventy five thousand dollars at a time where I had in my personal bank account, I believe $7,000 um, <sighs> and employees to pay. So there, there's a lot of risk that comes with, with doing what John Prosser is, uh, is doing. Um, right. And so people who read it, I mean, appreciate that it's in, not it's an inaccurate science right uh yeah. senior vp of apple could come to him off the record and be like listen new apple tv is coming tomorrow yeah and then at the 11th hour tim cook or somebody says i want to change that this doesn't right. mean the information that john has is inaccurate right. right like there was so i i personally because i care about my track record i don't know if a lot of if other people are keeping track but i am um Everything I've said has been accurate and especially the stuff that has been, you know, confirmed by Apple in some way. Like we were the first ones to say WWDC wasn't face to face. It was streaming only. Uh, What I did get wrong, though, was the actual date for WWDC. Like over a month ago, maybe I tweeted that the tentative date for the event was June 1st. And at some point between then and now, they changed it to the 22nd. Um, so stuff like that happens, but like I still count that as being wrong on my track record. Obviously, it got changed. I don't believe that the information I had was wrong. That was the date that they were going with internally at the time. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so I try to like, especially if I hear an update or something changes, I try to keep people updated. But it's also a reason. It's also why I don't. Um, th- lately, especially. They I have been leaking uh, of product drops when the day they're happening. So with the SE, I gave the date of the 15th, you know, a few weeks prior to that. But on the day, I tweeted the actual time that the press release was coming out. And and then this week I tweeted the MacBook was coming out the day that it came out. I think I tweeted like two hours before it actually dropped. Yeah. Yeah. That is that stuff is so fun because Rettinger's right when he says like Tim could change the the time or whatever. So I wait like I am aware that Tim Cook is on the fo- is on the phone like solidifying times and I wait until he gets off the phone before I say anything. Because once he's off the phone and he's talked to all the people, it would be hard for him to retract the time from everybody. And I highly yeah. highly doubt he would change the time just because of me. So I wait till you know, the time is solidified. He's talked to all the people he needs to talk to. And then like this time with the MacBook was really interesting because Apple, I believe, assumed that my, one of my sources or a few of my sources are in the press. Um, With the SE, there was a press 
briefing that happened three hours before the phone came out. Yep. And I, uh, I was aware of the press briefing in real time. I was getting information as it was happening, but I wasn't getting information from the press. I was getting information from Apple, from the Apple side of things. And I think Apple assumed that my one of my sources or a few are in the press. So for the MacBook, there were no press briefings before. The press briefings happened after the official newsroom announcement came out. And I still leaked the, that it was coming out. I had the time, but I, uh, to protect the source, I didn't tweet the time or anything like that. I just said, today's the day. And then like a couple hours later, it came out. Um, but that was really interesting because it, it almost it's fun to me. It feels like I was racing you know, Tim Cook, or at least the people who are marketing this stuff or trying to get the times out and, and launch a product. Um, that stuff is, is really fun to me. Just like everybody else that gets the information. I am a fan of this stuff. I'm really passionate about this stuff and it's super fun seeing leaks and getting stuff early and knowing about surprises before you're supposed to. And it's just even more fun that I'm the person that gets to tell you that it's happening. Um, Mm -hmm. so yeah, I mean, I can't lie. Obviously we enjoy the growth. Um, but it's not all about that because like like John Rettinger said, you know, there's there's da- a, a whole handful of dangers that come along with being the person that is giving this information out. Um, so I'm trying to have fun while also not being totally and completely reckless. That's smart. Uh, why don't we talk about your the latest one? Go ahead. That you that you leaked out. A new Apple TV with, I believe you said an A12X chip, which would be the chip from an iPad Pro 2018 model. Yeah. So what? The the current one, Apple TV 4K, has a 10X from 2017? I don't even think it has an X. It just has a regular iPhone chip. It does, I think. Okay. I'll trust you. Look, uh, somebody Google. <laughs> I'm going. I'm um, going there. I'm going there. Right yeah, now. I think I think the current Apple TV 4K has a 10X in it. Could be wrong, but I think. Um, I, I actually sent you guys pictures. I can't post them, but I sent you guys sure. in a group chat pictures of the Apple TV, the new one. Um, and you can see the specs on there. Yeah, I've got it open on the my same. screen right now. You can see that. You can I'm see the processor in that. Yes. Are we allowed to share what that says there? You, yeah, the processor, not any of the other okay. data that would yeah. give away the employee. Sure. So uh, it appears to be an A12 in there. Bin X. A12. A12X. A12X. Yeah. Yes. Um, so pretty powerful processor. Right? Yeah. Like you said, 2018 iPad Pro. Like That's a beast of a processor. Yeah. And I, I would assume the focus is, you know, games, Apple Arcade. Uh, I think HDR. the big question with, with this, so... Uh, obviously, first and foremost in my mind, would there be a new remote? Please say yes. I haven't seen a new <laughs> remote. Uh, I would hope so. Like, see, there's like I have bits and pieces, um, and then I, you know, I latch onto rumors that everyone else is hoping for. Like, okay, the MacBook Pro is a good example. So uh, last month to the day, actually, so it came, it just came out on the fourth this month. The fourth last month in April was when I tweeted that the 13-inch MacBook Pro refresh was coming. That was the tweet, the original tweet. And then everyone started asking, oh, I thought it was going to be the 14-inch. I was just told 13-inch, so that's what I leaked. That was what was in my leak. But I said, you know, there's a possibility, there's still a possibility that could be the 14-inch because just like you, I'm listening to the rumors. Um, I think I need to get a little bit better at that, like, showing what is an actual leak from information that I have from my sources and then what is just conjecture on my part and just like opinion. Um, 
because I, I tweeted like 13 inch MacBook Pro refresh coming next month. And then under that, I said, poss- you know, it's there's still a possibility that this is the 14 inch because I believe Ming-Chi Kuo said the 14 inch was coming. And so, you know, just like everybody else, I'm hoping for that, too. It dropped, though, and it turned out, nope, just 13 inch. That's all. Oh, well, um, you were correct. It is an A10X Fusion chip in the currently shipping Apple TV 4K. So not so um, crazy that the 12X is coming. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. And any word on resolution to be supported. So if this is going to be the Apple TV probably for two to three years, they don't update this often. Will it support 8K or do you, do you have any information? Uh, on yeah, that? I don't know. Um, the one that I, the, the pictures that I sent you were the Apple TV 4K. So I don't know. It, there might be some secret, you know, Apple TV 8K. True. It would have to be called Apple TV 8K if it was going to support yeah. 8K. Knowing Apple, so. though. <laughs> Listen, downgrade the processor. Give me a new remote uh, and I will be happy. Uh, g- give me the A, give me the A8 in there. They're working um, on a game controller, too. So I would imagine that. Uh, this is part of that plan. Just better support for playing games on sense. here. Apple TV. Apple TV Pippin 2 edition. Uh, exclusive. <laughs> so give me insight as to, what, as to why Apple went with a 13 instead of going for what presumed was a 14. And obviously the 15-inch MacBook Pro went to a 16-inch MacBook Pro and that got refreshed. So the thought was it'd be the same thing for the 13 to a 14. Yeah, so the issue is Oh, we can say coronavirus and stuff on this show. I forgot. It's not you YouTube. You sure can. We have freedom. Um, so that's that's really what happened. A lot of this stuff has been done since January and just been sitting. Like the Apple TV I sent you, see all the dust all over it? It's been sitting for a year in employees' houses because they're testing mm. like uh, the kids' mode and stuff on the new Apple yeah. TV coming. And so um, I it was MacBook... Uh, iPads and something else that had literally they had finished manufacturing oh Mac Mini they had finished manufacturing in January and it was just sitting there and it was supposed to be at the March event so all this stuff that seems like we're getting surprise press releases and stuff dropping every month it was all supposed to be it was also all supposed to be at one event at the March event uh, which obviously didn't happen. It was, it was, I don't know, March 31st or something was supposed to be the day, but obviously it didn't happen. And so instead of being completely overwhelming and just dropping products on us the way they were supposed to, um, they have taken their time and scattered it out and been a little bit more fun with it. Uh, the, there is, so the 14 inch is mini LED. Um, it's a refresh. It's coming. It was supposed to be later this year. It's looking like because of delays. So what happened with the delays right now is there's some pretty significant delays with iPhone 12. And because of that, they're shifting all resources to try to get the iPhone 12 out the door before the end of the year. And so other products have just fallen to the wayside, just don't have as much attention. Um, so the stuff that you know may have been coming later this year is now coming next year, including the 14-inch uh update or refresh and because of that um they just dropped the the 13 inch that they had uh already done since january so um but like you know we care about that we were hoping for a 14 inch but no one else it was i don't think any like the average sure. consumer knew or expected yeah. it so people are going to buy it anyway it's similar similar story with the ipad pro 
because that had been done since January. And I know a lot of people were disappointed with that, with the upgrade. Um, the, really, the the deal with that was they just needed it out the door because it had a LiDAR sensor on it, and the LiDAR data is going to the AR team for AR glasses. Interesting. And they've got the six gigs of RAM in there across the board, which the last uh-huh. one didn't have, which could imply better pro apps coming so oh, I just, yeah, I just got goosebumps thinking about the, the, the announcement on go. stage, being able, them announcing Pro Apps for iPad Pro. Like, there you go. All fanboys rejoice. Say it. Make it so. Say, say <laughs> the just word. Say it. Say yeah, the I, app. Just say it. I le- just say the, the app. Final Cut Pro, Logic Pro, yes! Xcode. Yeah, there it is. So, so I had tweeted like a few weeks ago that uh, I was like, I'm not going to say Final Cut Pro is coming to iPad, but Xcode is present on iOS 14, and. Um, but then, and I don't think I've said this publicly, I have Exclusive. personally seen with my own eyes Final Cut Pro on iPad Pro. There you go. I've seen it. And so that's wow. when I that's when I tweeted, you know, I am 100% confident that Final Cut Pro is coming within the next year. I, some could, people could, have could, assumed... Clarify, it's not like a sidecar thing. This is like an, an iPad app. Yeah, this is, the, this is the real deal. Um, and... Uh, some people, for some reason, assumed that I meant like that I'm locking on to WWDC. I can't, you know, guarantee that they're going to announce pro apps at this WWDC literally in a month. But I would, uh, the, with what I saw, I I couldn't imagine this, you know, n- at least by next year, us not having it. Um, it seemed, if I'm being honest, it seemed kind of watered down. So it it wasn't the final cut pro that you see on your Mac, it was, it was final cut, but it's like, it's part, it was literally part of the pro apps, which is a thing that they're going to be calling apps just for iPad pro, um, which includes logic and stuff. Um, There's something that needs to be, that should be stated here. um, That is interesting. We haven't really seen fragmentation on Mac OS or iOS. If you yeah. have a MacBook Air, MacBook Pro, a Mac Pro, yeah. a Mac app will run. If you have mm-hmm. an iPhone, an iPad mini, an iPad Air, an iPad Pro, any iPad app will run. And it sounds like what you're saying here is there are going to be new apps that will require an iPad Pro in particular. If you have a regular iPad, mm-hmm. they will not run. Is that correct? No, absolutely not. So the issue is uh, RAM management. Um these apps require a significant amount of RAM and they just won't run on, you know, lower end iPads or anything like that. And this might be the upsell. This might be the upsell that they've always wanted with the iPad pro. Mm -hmm. Um, Make that pro name actually mean something other than crazy, powerful specs, be able to do something with it in terms of software. Um, What I saw was watered down. I'm just being honest. It might, I, there's time, so they, you know, it maybe they're adding to it, and it'll be full fledged. But t- from my perspective, what it looks like is, if you have Final Cut, you won't need to buy another Final Cut Pro app for your iPad Pro. It'll the it'll just transition mm. over. Universal um, binary. Yeah, and you'll be able to download it that way. But it seems like the reason it's watered down is because of RAM management. Okay, interesting. 
Yeah, I, I, all interesting. You want to say that 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 does follow a pattern with Final Cut. If you remember when Final Cut first came out, or Final Cut Pro X or Ten came out, uh, it was like iMovie Plus, right? Uh, and then over time, it was improved. Mm-hmm. John, do you think it's possible that features get unlocked depending on what iPad you're using? So if it is a RAM management issue, and let's say you're using uh, you know the current generation iPad, uh, and you have certain access to certain features, and somebody's using a 2020 iPad Pro will have a full full breadth of features. As compared to what? Mm-hmm. So I mean, so could instead of having it be um, uh, fragmentation, so maybe it won't mm-hmm. work on an iPad Mini. Would you get certain features that are unlocked? I don't believe so. When your iPad so can have it. Th- I actually saw the logo for what for what's called Pro apps, and that makes me that makes it seem like it's only for iPad Pro. Got it. Okay. Okay. Well, that's what's one way around it, I guess. Okay, so we need to take our break. Coming up, though, we'll be talking about WWDC, some of our expectations, the new MacBook Pro 13-inch that did come out, um, and and a whole lot more. It's coming up next on Geared Up. Welcome back to Geared Up, brought to you by National Car Rental. I'm Andrew Edwards, and it is now time for the National Car Rental Story of the Week. As you know, Geared Up is sponsored by National Car Rental. And if you don't know, I also do a show with National Car Rental on YouTube called Technically Speaking, where I bring you the latest, my picks for the best tech for business travel. Whether you're business traveling or even whether you're going for leisure travel, there's a lot of tech out there that can make your travel more efficient or even more fun. You can check these episodes out at the nationalcar.com control center or go to youtube.com slash nationalcarrent. The latest tech puts you in the driver's seat. National Car Rentals Emerald Club will keep you there. Once again, big thank you to National Car Rental for sponsoring Geared Up. Now let's talk about um, the main Apple news of the week. Um, We already talked about it a little bit, but they announced a new 13-inch MacBook Pro, um, both a lower end and a higher end model. So kind of, it's they're both the 13-inch MacBook Pro, but I feel like there's two distinct products there. Mm -hmm. But the bigger piece of news might be the fact that the butterfly keyboard is now dead. Rest it's completely gone. Never forgetty. How do you feel about this? I, I feel like Apple had this blemish, this this rare blemish on their reputation um, that made their their portable computers, their laptops, not be seen as you know the best you can get for the money. Well, not for the money, but if you basically if you're spending a lot of money, you want to get the best. A lot of people will be like, "Well, buy a MacBook Pro." Yeah. or buy a MacBook Air. That's the every man's computer, but for the past few years, there's been a pause because it was hard to recommend them because of the keyboard specifically, and now over the past 6 months or so, they've finally rectified this. The most interesting thing to me is that it happened quietly. So they announced the butterfly keyboard on stage. They're really proud of it. But every time they got rid of it, it was a quiet release, like no mention of it. What is there to say? Hey, we're so remember that thing? Terrible keyboard. (laughs) Remember that thing on stage? Yeah, that sucked. (laughs) I never, I I know I'm in the minority um, on this, but I never had any issues whatsoever with the butterfly keyboard. Really? I've been hearing that a lot. Like people are just like, never, yeah, never had an issue with mine. Never. I don't know that it's had, had like, never had any problems with it. I bet a lot of people didn't, but I also know a lot of people who had several. So like for me personally, um, the first computer that they released the butterfly keyboard on was a 12 inch MacBook, And when I got that, 
I didn't, you know, obviously when it comes out, you don't realize there's an, an, a keyboard issue. So I go in, I talk about, hey, there's a problem with my keyboard. I'm not sure what's going on. They take a look at it. They take it to the back. They're gone for a while, like 15 minutes. They come back out and they're like, you know what? Corporate wants us to send this in. So could we just give you a brand new one completely sealed? You can give a time machine back at home. We can do swap right now. (laughs) I was like, fantastic. Um, And it happened again to me, like I think three weeks later, and they did the same thing. And it slowly started coming out in the news that people were having this issue with their keyboards that we just assumed, oh, Apple's going to, you know, see this, address it and Mm -hmm. fix it. And, you know, within the next, you know, month or two, you'll be you'll be all good. But as they started migrating the butterfly keyboard across their products, I think across the board, I think they had the butterfly keyboard out there for five years. And I had six computers total within that time that needed to be replaced or or had some basically the Apple genius bar had to address because of the issues. And. Even if it's not, you know, widespread, let's just say if it was 3% of owners, whereas usually it's 1% of owners who might have had an issue, that would still be three times the amount of people that are having keyboard issues. So it's good to see. What was the main keyboard issue? Was it the sticky keys? Yes. So basically it would be a key would stick to where I would either type and it wouldn't appear or I would type and it would appear twice. Oh, okay. So... Either you would, you know, you tap on the S and you get two S's or you get nothing. And <laughs> and it would it would just be strange because you would even I would like purposefully like, let me just let me just give it a just a nice tap. Let me just test that and, and it would no I couldn't control it. It would either not type anything or huh. it would type double yeah. no matter how I pressed the key. And so it was just it was just strange. So I'm glad to see that they've gone back, but I don't even know if gone back is fair because when you use the keyboards that they have out today, they don't feel like the old keys. They still kind of feel like the butterfly keys, but improved. Like the way the mm, butterfly okay, keys yeah. should have been in the first place. Um, so, yeah, there you go. 13-inch MacBook Pro. Are you? Guys, I assume neither of you guys are running around with these computers. No. no I'm using the last gen. 13 inch MacBook Pro that I'm doing this podcast on. It's been with me ever since with the old keyboard and like. Oh, with the butterfly I mean, keyboard. I, yeah, I mean, I keep it closed most of the time. So I'm personally struggling with uh, MacBook Pro or MacBook Air. I think I'm going to get it. I think I'm going to get the new MacBook Air though. Um, Depend, depends how you spec it, right? Because it's pretty. It's pretty what's close. the struggle? Well, so my thing is. So I'm still stuck in the mentality of like, I need, I need all the specs. It needs to be crazy powerful, but. Right. Taking a more realistic approach, I don't do, I mean, I don't do anything. Nowadays, I edit a podcast here and there, like this one. I record a podcast, so I need, I just need a computer period that can do that. But, right. Like, I'm not editing from Page Tech. We have an editor, and, uh, I just, for the, for the first time in my life, being able to take a more realistic approach to be like, I don't need it. In fact, I'm using my iPad more than anything. When I got so I I you're not gonna believe this, but I got my first iPad in the last year. I had never had an iPad what? before. Uh, yep, because uh, I, I he ordered it on front page tech, didn't you? <laughs> you ordered the iPad that, during yeah. an episode. 
As I was recording an episode, I was reading about the iPad. I was like, you know what? Screw this. I'm just going to buy it. So like in the middle of the recording, we left it in. I just bought one there um, because I'd been using Android for years. And then uh, when I got my iPhone, I, I just slowly locked myself into the ecosystem. My favorite purchase. Oh, I could, if I had to decide, it'd either be my iPad or uh, my Apple Watch. Which mm. but I got Series 5 and I do not use the always on display. So it's it basically, oh, really? yeah, did not even need series five. Um, I like, I like the fact it's going to sound so weird. I like the fact that when my wrist is turned away, it's just black. It's just a screen. It's just glass. And it, it to everybody else, it's just glass. You can't see anything. But when I turn it to me, then I see all the things. I'm like a secret ninja spy. <laughs> <laughs> so you could have got a series four and been, and enjoyed and been it. fine. Yeah. Although so, you would not have had the compass. Yeah, <laughs> what well, is the compass? Important to have, <laughs> but that's been my thing. Like I'm always used to need needing the 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 biggest new thing, and more and more now I find myself just being like, I actually I don't really I don't really need it. Uh, like the iPad was a big wake up call for me because I I started using my actual like desktop PC maybe once a week, and I was just like, oh my, like. Is it re- has it really gotten to this point where I don't need all the things that I think I need and my iPad has just replaced all of those all of those other things for me just it does it's my media consumption device I can use it for transferring files it's just like it's it's incredible and this is the future whether people you, want it or not if you start talking about how you've used your iPad to replace your computer you're going to make a lot more people mad again yeah. and grow your channel <laughs> by another 20% uh, yeah, it's. I mean, do you got? I'm assuming you guys are still locked on to. I mean, Andrew, you have what 700 gigabytes of RAM in your Mac? <laughs> 768. Why? Jeez. Be- <sighs> Go ahead. I want you to rationalize this for us right here. He wants to see. He wants to take out his RAM and slap it on the table and show how many gigs he has. <laughs> no, it's quite honestly. Um, the reason that my Mac Pro is as specked out as it is is specifically because of sponsored videos that i did where the sponsors wanted me to show a specked out macbook pro i was gonna say have all the sponsors just been paying you in ram sticks or what (laughs) (laughs) no but like for example the ram company the i use neomix ram which was the sponsor um they sent here max out the ram and talk about our ram in in the mac pro so hey they sent the ram over i put it in there i would not have spent the oh my god i think it would be like Eight to ten thousand dollars oh, to crazy. put that much RAM. I just in imagine a Mac you sit. Yeah, uh, I'm until not, you said that, I I'm not spending you. that. But, I imagine you sitting there being like, you know, if, yeah. if a company wants to send over stuff to put into a Mac Pro for me to make a video about, and they're sponsoring a video, yeah, I'm I'm all for it. That's fair. So so that's why. That's why. I imagined you making the personal choice to have 700 gigabytes of RAM, and I just couldn't process that in my head. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't have I enough. I got, a, I got a yeah. I got a whopping sixteen in my two year old MacBook Pro here. <laughs> All right, let's let's move on to the final topic of the show before we get out of here. We we talked about it for a second earlier. Um, Apple finally announced dates for WWDC mm-hmm. happening June twenty second, happening virtually. For those that don't know, WWDC is the Worldwide Developers Conference where roughly 5,000 people from across the world all attend the same event in person and learn about the new iOS, tvOS, macOS, watchOS, iPadOS, 
Um, they go to different classes and and seminars during the event to learn about the new features and and things they can add to their apps, basically to get them ready for the next versions of uh, all of Apple software. This year, it's happening virtually, so it's open to anyone. You don't have to have a developer's license. And they will be doing a virtual keynote on the 22nd. So I thought we could take a minute and talk about either what we expect or what we hope to see in each of the five Apple operating systems. Interesting. Um, yes. I'll, I'll let, let John chime in for most of it. I'm just excited to see what Apple does. With He's just going to spoil I, the whole thing right now. With, with, with iPadOS um, 2. I think iPad OS, the first one is pretty similar to, mm-hmm. you know, to, to iOS. Uh, but they set out a, a roadmap, right? This is a way that the iPad is going to be. Doing. Yes. Now, Gen 2, they kind of get to build on that, right? So I'm pretty excited to see what the iPad's going to be um, and see if maybe there is a compelling reason to get that 2020 iPad Pro and make the Magic Keyboard a must-have accessory. And maybe it's like John said, the Pro apps. You know, maybe there's something in there that makes it compelling. But uh, I am more excited than anything to see... It's the iPad OS uh, 2.0. Interesting. I, th- I think that's fair. I mean, for so I'm I'm hoping to see Pro Apps this year at WWDC. I think even I would personally be surprised if they if they if they popped that out this year. Um, but I, I think I'm most excited for AirTags. That's not even an operating system. AirTags. I know the location tracking devices that Apple's been working on. <laughs> um, which I believe you said were already they're ready to go. They yeah they've been ready. They're done. Yeah, so they were supposed to be talked about on stage at the March event. There so there, there's stuff that was supposed to come out at the March event that they didn't release even like in a surprise press release because especially a new product category like that they want to be on stage to explain it and talk about the magic and be Apple-y about it. Let's let's start with. I'm going to go through I'm going to go through both of you guys for each one of these. Go I'm going to start with the least exciting mm-hmm. and move on to what may be the most exciting. TVOS. Any hopes or expectations, any way that Apple can improve TVOS from what you're currently using today? Hmm. I would I mean uh, kids mode is coming. I w- it doesn't help me at all. <laughs> but What is I- kids mode? That just like hides anything that's above a certain rating. Yeah, I'm kind of shocked that that's not a thing. That it's just now becoming a thing. True. Like a dedicated kids mode. So that, yeah. Uh, Ranger you, would appreciate you were right. That's mode. the least exciting. Listen, I'm, I'm somebody who was very... So I was very heavily into Apple TV for a while, and the remote kind of... Uh, the controller kind of upset me. And I went to Roku and leaned in real heavily into Roku for a few years. <laughs> oh. Uh, I've, come, I've come back, actually, to the Apple TV. Um the past maybe two or three months, and I use it now with a Logitech Harmony uh, Ultimate Remote, and it's actually been a pretty good good pairing. Uh, and I think TVOS, as it stands, is, is a pretty robust platform. Nothing can touch it as far as app support, which, mm-hmm. you know, like the whole app legal system, it's, it's an app play. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, kid mode is fine, but as a parent, like, I'm not just letting my kid sit there and, like, unsupervised, <laughs> you know, go out, you know, go out and, and do something with, with, with the remote. So uh, it's not that big a deal. I mean, I guess it would be nice to not have my kids like accidentally, yeah, you know, play something. But I mean, nice to have. Uh, okay. I think TVOS is actually really good. I think if anything could improve anything, 
uh, remote ergonomics would be, you know, the big one for me. And then, you know, anything on that is just a, a nice addition. Okay, so that's hardware. And Apple always spends like three to five minutes talking about CVOS each year. So I don't think we can ever <laughs> for assume good something crazy. But all right, let's go to the next least exciting. I don't know. Watch OS. L- least exciting? Listen, listen. We have TVOS. Andrew. We have iOS, macOS, watchOS, no, 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 and no, no, iPad no. Back OS. Up, back up, back up. No, 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 no. WatchOS is more exciting than iOS 14. So you're going to say watchOS is, if it's more exciting than iOS 14, then I'm going to assume you're saying watchOS is the most exciting period. To me. To you. Right. But I'm the one giving the list. So you're right. You're right. That's fair. That's fair. I just think you're wrong. I think your list is wrong. I'm going in order of um, what I think will be the biggest announcements. How about that? So TVOS would be the smallest announcement. Mm-hmm. Um, next, I'm going to say watchOS, just because I think the three others are going to be bigger and take Oof. more time. Listen, as as somebody who has very publicly talked about my suffering with anxiety and insomnia, uh, the rumors of watchOS and John chime in here. Uh, somehow measuring anxiety and do some sleep Dude, tracking. Dude, I got, I got like, goosebumps. I'm in for that. You, I'm in for that. I know so many things. I got goosebumps. I'm so excited about it. Did you say measuring anxiety? Okay, listen, Andrew. Okay, so... Hang on, let me think about how I'm going to phrase this. <laughs> uh, okay, whatever. Uh, exclusive, if you want. <laughs> so, um, I hope it's I hope it's this version of Watch OS. It might make it to the la- to the next one. Who knows? But so there's a blood oxygen meter in the next uh, watch. For what does that do? Yeah, I'm going to tell you. Use. Okay, so okay, okay hard, that's hardware, right? And people get there's new hardware in the watch, and people are like, okay, whatever. Apple and the the actual implementation of the heart. It's not just the hardware; it's how the software communicates with it. And I've seen a lot of people when they talk about Series Five, they're like, Apple just kind of blew their load on this so quickly. Like it's so good. Uh, the Apple Watch got so good so quickly. What could they possibly do for the next one? So yeah. What could they focus on next? I have never been more excited for a feature set than what's coming to to the watch right now. Because I was in, I was Ooh. in that boat. Like, what what could they do? You know, the big feature that is coming this time for sure is sleep tracking. What their what their biggest focus on is right now, and what I hope it comes this year. It might come next year, but I hope it's coming at WWDC. Is mental health capabilities. Where they can take the oxygen levels in your blood with your heart rate and determine if you're hyperventilating. Wow. They can they can identify a panic attack before it happens and and warn you on your watch. They especially if you're driving, they'll ask you to pull over and they'll offer breathing exercises once you get pulled over. Oh my god. It's incredible. Like the focus on That's mental amazing. health that they're taking. Um I think I don't think that's been talked about before, like how it'll tell you to pull over, how it'll take the information from your blood oxygen levels and your heart rate and determine if you're hyperventilating um, or about to hyperventilate. It's amazing. It's absolutely incredible. And I'm so, so, so excited um, because, you know, it's it's just a piece of hardware on your wrist. But for a lot of people, that could be life changing, like to be able to be warned of an upcoming panic attack. And even if you can't stop it, 
be given an opportunity to at least try to mitigate some of it, especially if you're out in public, especially if you're driving. Yeah. Like that's life changing for a lot of people. And it's really, really cool to see Apple um, put a focus on that where I think most companies wouldn't. That's very now, you anything said that any, anything that gets mental health to be part of a conversation, I think, is, is amazing. Yeah. Um, but then yes. where there's actual health benefits is, is, is huge. Yeah, and it's just it's such a private thing. It's just you and your watch, and it's just like, hey, man, it's about to get real up in here. <laughs> Maybe you should breathe. <laughs> <laughs> that's incredible, and that's one thing I give Apple kudos. You know, a lot of people focus on, like you were saying, uh, John Prosser, the hardware. What is the hardware? Yeah. What are the specs versus what does the hardware allow yeah. me to do? How does it make my life better? And I don't think any other company in the tech space certainly is – is using their hardware to make people's actual lives better than what Apple's doing. Exactly. And you you think part, part, one of the features of Apple Watch, one of the biggest features that people don't consider is accessibility. The fact that the mm-hmm. Apple Watch is not just the best-selling smartwatch. It's the best-selling watch, period, since 2017. Number one watch out of all watches, period, number one watch. And to think that a feature like that will be on the watch that most people are wearing is incredible like to think about it at that scale um i'm i'm so so excited for that stuff and uh like like andrew said like i mentioned it's just you know to everyone else you see blood oxygen level coming down apple watch and just like okay so like that's you know the hard the hardware capability is cool but to actually get a deeper dive into what they plan to use it for and i'm sure there'll be other capabilities you know i'm sure there's other stuff you could use it for but yeah like when when a source was talking to me and they put the puzzle together of the blood oxygen levels and your heart rate and being able to determine if somebody's about to hyperventilate, like literal actual chills, just knowing that like I know this information that could be life changing for a lot of people that is coming out that um, I guess we just as regular average consumers you wouldn't think about that and how those how those how the hardware could work together and communicate. Um, and like I said, it's just it's such a private experience on your watch yeah. that no one else has to know. It it can it can just tell based off of I mean it's it does something similar, right, with your heart right now. If if yeah. it's if uh it's elevated, it'll warn you that it's above a certain level. It'll be similar it'll be a similar notification to that. Um or now, like it if your heart rate's up or I f I don't even know how it how it effectively determines it, but you'll get a notification on your watch that asks you to breathe. Take a minute to breathe. Yep. It's yep. just like that, but with a more with a bigger emphasis on like, hey, you need the attention right now. Uh let's get you to breathe and calm down a little bit. Um, especially if it knows you're driving. Um I that's I mean, it, while you're driving, I mean that could yeah. be li- that could be life saving. For sure. And I think for for a lot of people who maybe think like, okay, that doesn't matter to me. Uh, it's impactful to a lot of people on a, like a personal yeah. note. I come from a family that has heart disease. My father started wearing an Apple watch series four when the ECG came. I mean, and he's checking for AFib regularly. He wears his Apple watch at mm-hmm. night to detect, you know, if anything has um, gone wrong, he's had a, you know, the fall detection. I mean, these things are impactful for a lot of people that might not, just, might not just hit you personally. Right. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I think what Apple is doing is shifting the discussion from just a watch telling time to a watch being an integral part of your personal well-being, right. mental yeah. and physical health. And that's, and that's awesome. Um, whether okay, you wear John one Prosser. or choose to buy one or not, uh, I think it's pretty, it's, it's pretty awesome. So I get, 
I get the chills that John was talking about. Like, yeah, that's yes. impactful. I actually a real world I, I difference got, for a lot of people. I got the goosebumps when he was talking, and fine, maybe Watcher <laughs> West is the the bigger one. I'm so excited, <laughs> of, dude. The list. I hope it's coming um, this year, but uh, yeah, just and just being able to tell you guys that information, I get excited, and I that's yes. why. Like, okay, this is a really good point that I like to make about leaks. A lot of people assume that the employees giving out the information are giving out the information because they're upset or they're mad at the company and they want to get back to them. This is Apple employees specifically, especially the sources I have, have never given anything to me out of anger. They give it to me because they're excited and they want people to know what's coming. And the, the source that gave mm. me this was super excited talking about it. Um, I, you know, just as excited as I got here, being able to tell you guys, uh, it's it's fascinating. And it's also, even if I won't use it to its full potential, knowing how many people it can affect and how many lives it can shift and change and help, yeah. even in a small way every day, um, is really, really cool. Because a lot of people, especially if, if you're suffering with anxiety or mental health issues, I think a lot of that, and I'm speaking from personal experience, a lot of that, a lot on top of that is pride. So even yeah. though you know you may have an issue or you you know you have anxiety, you won't speak about it. You won't tell anybody, even if you should. And to have a device that is not a person you don't have to talk to that will just know and you don't have to explain anything to, just an intimate personal experience between you and a device um, that knows you're having a bit of trouble at a given moment, I think that is life-changing. All right, I agree. We're going to skip iPad OS and Mac OS for now because I think people want to hear about iOS. I just want to remind the listeners, Andrew had Watch OS as the second least exciting. <laughs> well, that was based on assumption, and you obviously have proven me wrong. Um, but iOS, obviously one of the biggest operating systems in the world. Apple showing what's coming at WWDC. What do we want to see or what are we hoping for? Or what do we know, for that matter, uh, will be changing and improving for the iPhone? I hope they just fix bugs. That's it. I would love a year where they don't add anything new. I'm one of those guys. I mean, <laughs> I, I know I know people just want change for the sake of change, but I'm, one, I'm in the boat of just fix it. Just make it reliable and work better. But that's not what's going to happen. Just want to be clear. Right. They're not doing that. They're going to add new stuff. And But I personally want them to just fix what they already have. What about you, Ray? John Rettinger. I mean, so I'm, again, my perspective now is somebody who's been gone from the iPhone now for yes. five months. So uh, for, for John Prosser, I, I was really into the weeds with Apple. I decided I'm going to switch to Android so I could better evaluate Android phones. I felt like I was, wasn't being honest to my audience reviewing mm -hmm. Android devices well, not really, you know, using them for a couple of weeks, then going back to Apple. So I just, I made that switch. So June will be six months with Android and I'm going to go back to Apple. So I'm going to go back to Apple fresh, right? Ooh. Brand new perspective on it. Um, and I'm, I'm excited and to sort of re-experience iOS. And having said that, for a very long time, there are a few things I've been asking for in iOS. And like I say this every episode, if I stand outside with an umbrella every day and tell you it's going to rain, a couple days uh, a year, I'm going to seem like a genius. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um I would love the ability to, without having to enable a very uh, extensive uh, Siri shortcut, be able to have an icon on my home screen that calls my wife. 
I would like to arrange icons in the bottom right-hand corner that's not in the dock if I would like to. I would like to see my battery percentage in the upper right-hand corner without having Whoa. to swipe down. Love that. Uh, mm. I, don't even, I don't even need widgets on the home screen. Uh, I would like to be able to control the amount of icons on my home screen, the grid size. If I want mm. more, I want less, let me have that option. I'm not thinking anything crazy uh, crazy here. Oh, kind of like um, what they do with uh, iPad OS? Yeah, sim- similar to that. I think it would be awesome uh, to have all the stuff that's rumored. Uh, car key functionality is, is, is nice. Um, fix the HomeKit UI and uh, fix the bugs. And I think I'll be a pretty happy guy. I know that's that uh, battery percentage is coming back for the new iPhones. Yay! Let's get one of those then. Because of the smaller that, notch, there's more room. I am hyped for that iPhone. If it looks like the iPhone sort of five with that flat sides, I'm so I'll, I'm back on the iPhone train for that. Yeah, that'll be fun to see. I'm just I just want to see what they're gonna do um, with the camera, how they're gonna be integrating the lidar sensor into it. Um, I like seeing software features and software being used to improve photography. So that's always what I look what I look forward to most. Not the camera hardware so much as what cool features are you going to add in there to to make my photography better. Yeah. So hey, that 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 is the show. Oh, we did that it. That is our oh. show. We did it. I want to thank John Prosser for taking the time. Not only taking the time, but actually yeah, thank you, John. taking the time to give us a couple of exclusive stories. Oh, thanks for having here me, on guys. the show. That was awesome. Well, man, I tried to keep it in, but then you said watch OS was the least exciting thing and I couldn't help myself. <laughs> yeah, so we <laughs> Hey, we're not complaining. I, that was my way of drawing drawing something out of you. Yeah, thanks for having me and uh if Apple's listening, sorry about what I did. <laughs> Let people know where they can find you. Uh anywhere online, you could just Google John Prosser or uh Front Page Tech is the YouTube channel where you can find me. Um on I'm, I'm most active on Twitter and on YouTube. There you go. And that is it for this edition of Geared Up. Thank you so much for listening. Of course, you can catch John and I on YouTube. I'm at youtube.com slash gear live. And John is at youtube.com slash John for Lakers. Feel free to head over and subscribe to our channels to stay up to date on all the latest tech. Speaking of subscribing, you can subscribe to Geared Up in your favorite podcast app if you haven't done so already. Just search Geared Up. That's two words, not one in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Casts, Overcast, or really wherever you choose to listen. If you like what we do, please consider leaving us a rating and review. It really helps other people find the show. Geared Up is a Gear Live podcast, and you can see more from us at GearLive.com. Thank you so much for listening. For John Rettinger, I'm Andrew Edwards, and we'll catch you in the next episode.